Hello, badasses, and welcome back to the League of Badass Women podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Orth. Today, we're back in conversation with Leah Peterson, who I spoke to in episode 12 about terminology used around gender and how to be truly inclusive. We talked about a lot of other stuff, too. I highly recommend that episode if you haven't listened yet. This episode, Leah tells us how, quote, you can't do your gender wrong, and also shares some of her personal experiences being gender fluid. Also, we discuss if we'll ever live in a post-gendered world. You wrote an article in Ravishly that I loved, and one of the quotes was, you can't do your gender wrong. Can you explain why you said that? So I was raised um, Mormon in Utah. My family's LDS. I'm the seventh of eight kids. Wow. In a small town in Utah, when you're raised in this environment, you don't know that the world is not like you. You, And that's true for pretty much every childhood. You think that how you are raised is normal and that everyone's like you. And then this process of adolescence is, you know, rebelling against those things and learning new things. And then your 20s and 30s are kind of unraveling all of those things and figuring out who it is you want to be and remembering how you really are genuinely inside your true self. So gender is this really tricky construct that when you're raised like I was or in another very religious conservative upbringing, there's really only one right way to be. If you're a man, you're like this. And if you're a woman, you're like this. And anything else is wrong. It's a sin. You're going to go to hell. And so you want to be right. (laughs) Like you want to be good and you want your your outward expression of your gender to match what it's supposed to be so that you fit in, so that you don't get in trouble, so that you're not weird. Mm. And so I spent so much time and effort and energy trying to be the right gender when it's very clear from age four that I'm not. Mm. And so when I say you can't do your gender wrong, I think I'm speaking to me at four, you know, and, and growing up and any other person who was raised in their similar circumstances. Just, you can't do it wrong. You're allowed to be whatever it is that you want to express. Mm. So if, in the Mormon stuff, it's women are lovely. Women are supposed to be lovely and beautiful and kind and thoughtful and nurturing. And they don't, you know, speak up for themselves. They wait for their man to tell them, you know, that's the chain of authority mm. that the man is going to tell you. And so your gender is kind of dictated to you about what you should look like and how you should express it and how you should feel. And outside of that, you're not just wrong. You're also sinning. So it's very confusing oh, wow. to undo all of that. Because it is so societal, 
religion-based, cultural, the way you raise up as family, would you think less people would have sex changes or physically change their gender if they weren't taught that gender is binary? That's a very interesting question. I don't, I don't know that I know. What I can say is my kids are in their um, 20s. My, I've got four kids and they're 25 to 30. And they don't seem to be as worried about it as my generation is of high 30 and 40 year olds. And I feel like part of why I need terms, why I want terms to explain things, and I kind of want to own those things, is because I didn't have any. I didn't have any words for anything growing up. I was, you know, going through all of it blind with no representation for how I felt on the inside. And when I watch my kids, they have a lot of choices. They have a lot of representation. They, my, one of my sons says, you know, I don't care what anybody <laughs> calls me or thinks about me. I'm just going to be whatever I am. Wow. And there's freedom. a casualness. Yeah. Is it very free and very casual that is so foreign to me. And so to answer your question, I don't, I don't know, but watching them and their friend sets it's possible that without that outside pressure and people just being able to be what they are and not having to prove it, it might change that. I don't know. I don't think there's a wrong way, though. I don't think it's wrong for people to want to get their bodies medically changed or physically changed to match how they feel on the inside. Because I I understand how, you know, that, that dysmorphia that happens is... It, it just messes with your head. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's nice to get that in line. Yeah. I heard a podcast a while ago about the first person in the United States that legally changed their gender to non-binary. Yeah. Do you think that's necessary, that it needs to be a legal change? Necessary is such an interesting word to use there because... It implies there's a right and a wrong, or there's like a, a bigger purpose. Like it's necessary to do this to have this result. Mm. And I'm not sure that I would use necessary. I, it, like what's the harm in having it be an option? Does it, it, it when gay marriage, quote unquote, was the thing, right. the question was, is how is it harming your marriage? Like why... And, you know, they're saying, is it necessary that we have gay marriage? Can't you guys just do your own little ceremonies and call it good or whatever? Because you can't procreate anyway. <laughs> and the, it, it's like, what's the harm to your marriage? Right. If, if other people who are same sex can also have those legal rights, does it harm you somehow? So it, it, is it necessary to have that on passports and driver's license? I don't know. But what is the harm if it is? Like, does it? change something for people right I in a way I don't know yeah I don't think so no that's a good question back what I'm wondering and maybe I worded it wrong is that is there will there be a point where someone doesn't have to say I'm non-binary you know like do they have to, you do you know what I mean yeah they have to explain it's, it to it's interesting else. to because why why do we have to when we fly say if we're a male or a female when I buy a plane ticket why do I have to declare if I'm a male or a female? Right. 
Like, why does Alaska Airlines care? <laughs> whether, it's true. Whether I'm a man or a woman, like, is it an important factor for them? Not really, but they collect statistics and the statistics help create how we govern. And so mm. th- these are just things that have been in place for a long time and we use them in various government things and you know, statistics gathering, and it's just a habit. And is it necessary? Not really, but nobody wants to change those things. Uh, And do you think eventually we'll be in a post-gendered world? I think it would be great if people just get to be whatever they are and it's not a big deal. Yeah. That would be (laughs) be a wonderful place to live. Then I wouldn't get, you know, triple checked when I go into the bathroom. No, you know, no matter which bathroom I go into, I get triple checked because I don't fit in either one. What about pronouns? Like, I, I I get very annoyed with the English language that it is always she and he. And then in other languages, yeah. when they're law and L, you know, um, yeah. there's some languages that, that no matter what, they're basically saying they. Or for us, it's they. Or in, I was just in Sweden, and they said that there's a new pronoun that's not he or she. It, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about pronouns? Being gender fluid means that I don't really care what someone calls me pronoun-wise. I get called sir all the time. I get called ma'am all the time. So I'm he, she, they. It's all, nothing hits me and feels bad is what I'm trying to Mm. say. But there are people who it hits very wrong because they feel very much something. And pronoun usage is very important. To those people, you know, what what you see me as and call me is a very important thing. And and so I I even forget sometimes how important it is to people. I hurt someone recently by not remembering before I spent time with them that they're they were they. Mm. And so it it's easy to make that mistake. It's easy to fall back on a she or a he that your brain will just automatically put in there for you. But it's such a kindness. It's such a, a nice thing that why would you not? And then one step beyond that, it becomes a mental health issue for some people. And it's really important. Well, how is it a mental health issue? What do you mean by that? I know people who are raised like I was very restricted, you know, very pushed into one thing. And they feel very much something else. And they've struggled for years to get their family to see them that way mm-hmm. or their friends to see them that way. And every time they're called the wrong pronoun or the wrong name, it hurt. It, it's, a, a, can I use the word fuck? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a mind fuck because yeah. they're, they're seeing themselves and feeling themselves how they truly are. And other people are reflecting back something that's not true. And that hurts. That is a mind fuck over and over and over mm. again. And it's exhausting to hold this this space of who you are and have someone who has known you for years or who you care about deeply say your dead name to you repeatedly or mm-hmm. call you by the wrong pronouns intentionally because they don't believe you or mm-hmm. whatever. It, it does become a mental health issue yeah. for a lot of people. I just remembered being called sir. I was wearing a baseball cap and I think they kind of looked at me from behind or the side and they called me sir. And I was like, so I, as a cis female and so like female identifying, really proud to be a woman and all this, I was like, mm-hmm. I, it was like this gut. Someone like punched me in the gut. It was a very odd yeah. feeling like, really? 
do I look like yeah. a man? Like, you know, just so, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Sat with me, I remember the whole day and then just, talk, just talking about it now. It's really interesting to see how that shows up for people in relationships. For example, why, why does it matter? Like for you in that moment, why does it matter if the, if the person, it, yeah. it's because how you see yourself. And then I'll, I'll share a little anecdote with you. I'd love my, to hear it. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> my almost ex-husband, Joe, we are still very close and, and love each other. Um, our divorce will be final at the beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. As I was getting closer and closer to being myself and relaxing and trying not to prove anything, not trying not to be lovely, um, there was this day that we went to the gym and I was wearing a guy swimming suit bottoms because that's what I was feeling comfortable in, mm-hmm. in back then in a t-shirt. And somebody, they mistook me for a man around him. And this was one of the first times that he had seen it happen. And he went through this whole process of feeling really strange about his wife being thought of as a man. Mm. So in relationships, when we think about parents who don't, they might, out of a fear for the safety of their kid, not want to call them by the correct pronouns or or sex or name. But beyond the fear, they also might be affected by an embarrassment of someone associating their child with the quote-unquote wrong gender or pronouns. Yeah. So my husband and I went through a whole process over the next months of kind of uncovering why he had such a strong reaction to that, why it even mattered to him, because it wasn't his body, it's mine, and kind of unpacking all of that around embarrassment for him. What it, what does it mean for him if someone thinks that I'm a man? Why does he care? Did you know or were you open about being gender fluid at the time? No, no. I just knew that I liked to dress differently some days and I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care if they called me a he or a she. Mm. I was very slow (laughs) to understand my own queerness. Understandably, (laughs) society's way slower, so. (laughs) And actually Joe is is the one that helped me understand. He, He would mention things you know, kind of gently to me, like, have you considered that you're not straight? (laughs) You've been dating women for years. And like my brain couldn't put the connection together because that wasn't an option Ah. growing up. You can't, you're either a lesbian or you're straight. There's not a queer option. And and I'm neither one of those. So I didn't know what I was. Yeah, Joe was really helpful in helping me discover who I was. Yeah. I was just thinking how there's so much overlap with gender and sexuality, but then it also doesn't have to overlap. Like you can, you know, you're saying you could be either lesbian or straight, but then you're also gender fluid. But that doesn't mean that you can't be gender fluid, but only date women or only date men. That's exactly right. I met a woman a couple of weeks ago who presents as very, very butch. And you would see her and you'd think that is an old-fashioned dyke right there. She's amazing. I love her so much. And then you find out that she's very happily married to a cis man. And they have, you know, a whole truckload of kids and grandkids. and, And she would never consider herself anything but a straight cis woman, even though she presents gender-wise so 
much different. And I mean, I have to check myself all the time too about what I'm assuming about other people based on their body parts and how they're presenting. So interesting. And I, does she, I wonder if she considers herself, she even thinks that she, she looks like a butch. She described herself as a tomboy. And I think that's a generational term. Like my grandmother would have said that too. Yeah. she was a tomboy. I said that about myself too, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's a it's a safer way to say that you aren't always super feminine and don't just want to wear a dress and don't want to be meek and don't want to be all the society things. But it's it's also embracing the idea of binary. It's it's mm. saying I'm a woman with man traits. Right. So yeah. Oh my gosh, that's, I'm going to sit here and think about that the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just might even just personally, I'm looking at my closet right now and I really only wear pants. Yeah. I never wear makeup, all this. We don't even know how much society society has informed how we think about everything. Mm. We, We don't even understand unless we really sit and meditate and think and try to pick it apart. Why do I believe the things that I believe? Mm. It's just as simple as that. Why are my core beliefs what they are? And it's because I was taught these things. And why was I taught those things? And who taught them to me? And are they actually important? And are they actually true? Do I actually believe them? Do I want to believe them? Mm. And then when everyone sits down and thinks about that, that's when I think we'll be in a post-gendered world. That would be great. (laughs) Then things will really start changing. Leah, thank you so much. This is such an incredible conversation. I, I think we did a good job. I, I do. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the League of Badass Women podcast. Produced by myself, Jamie Silverman, and Valerie Orth. Creative direction by Jamie Silverman. Music by Valerie Orth. Want to get involved or learn more? Check us out at www.leagueofbadasswomen.org or join our Facebook group. Love our podcast? Then show us some love. Subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. And share with your friends. The more badasses, the better. Thanks again to our featured badasses on today's episode. And thank you for being a badass.